Hey there, I'm Bethany Van Delft, and this is The 10 News, the show where, in the time it takes to count all the people who live with you, your neighbors and the people down the street, we find out what's up in the world. In today's episode, we'll discover why the U.S. Census really counts. See what I did there? Find out what some of the zoo animals did while humans weren't around during the pandemic. (laughs) And answer this question. Which of the following methods did the Mosquito Control Agency of the Florida Keys approve in an effort to eliminate the pesky bugs? Stick around till the end of the 10 to find out. Okay, let's get into the 10 news. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Maybe you've noticed reminders pretty much everywhere about the 2020 census. They're everywhere. It's a once a decade thing. And it's a pretty big deal. Let's go to our correspondent, Pamela Kirkland, to find out why. It happens once every 10 years. And it's old. Like, really, really old. But it's also something very important that every person living in the United States is encouraged to participate in. What am I talking about? It's the census. But what is it? And why should you care if you're counted? We asked Alex and her mom, Yasmin Naboa, who know an awful lot about it, to make sense of the census. Hi, I'm Alex. I am a student and I'm 12 years old. I really enjoy the outdoors and am very passionate about the 2020 census. Hi, my name is Yasmin and I am Alex's mom. And I became interested in the 2020 census um, via some work that I was doing at Count the Nation, which is associated with the USC Annenberg Innovation Lab. What exactly is the census for people who don't know? It's a survey that happens once every 10 years of everyone who lives in the United States. They count newborns, children, teenagers, adults, teachers, parents, and grandparents. Basically everyone. The first census is in 1790. That's a long, long time running. Um, And why does the census count matter? The census data matters for kids and families because this is how the government gives money to our communities based off the number of people who live in a city or state, also called their population. The money pays for funding for our schools and teachers, libraries, parks, health clinics, breakfast and lunch programs at some schools, and college scholarship money for some students. The census money pays for a lot, which is why it's important for a family to participate and for all of us to be counted. (laughs) The census numbers also determine how many representatives go to Washington, D.C. to represent us and our needs. So I live in California, and there are almost 40 million people who live in the state, which is the largest population in the country. And California has 53 representatives out of 435. But this may change based off of the 2020 census numbers. Where did this passion for the census and the census count come from? My mom would not stop talking about it because she worked on it. She got me super interested in it after the many times she's talked about it. Okay, mom, so how much were you talking about the census to Alex? (laughs) (laughs) A lot. It's something that I wasn't really too aware of um, myself. I didn't realize how important it was to everything 
that we do and all the services that we use in our communities. So once I learned more about it, then I thought it was really important for uh, Alex to realize that and to be able to talk to her friends and her peer group about why it was important that everyone participates. If you are a kid, how do you participate in the census? So you can help your parents fill out the census online by going to my2020census.gov. It takes less than 10 minutes. If you aren't counted now, you won't be able to be counted for another 10 years. So it's super important. If a child is 10 years old and their parent forgets to count them, they can't be counted again until they're 20 years old. So the importance of being counted over the next 10 years really affects um, everyone's life every single day. So working together to make sure our communities and our schools are stronger by doing something that takes seven minutes uh, over the internet is something that I think we should all try to do. Alex, is there anything you would tell kids who are interested in learning more about the census um, and what they can do to, to get involved and encourage their parents to fill it out? The younger generation has so much power, and by just asking your parents to fill out the census can do, like, make a big difference. And even just, like, going on the internet and researching it on your own can be very interesting and beneficial, and you could tell your parents about it, and at the end of the day, it's it's a really good thing to do. The deadline to fill out the census, which can be done online, was originally October 31st. But due to a recent Supreme Court ruling, it may end sooner. For more information, visit my2020census.gov. Speaking of counting households, did you know that the highest recorded number of children born to one mother is 69? Uh, what? (laughs) Wait a minute. 69? Holy guacamole. According to Guinness World Records, she was a Russian peasant woman who lived in the 1700s and gave birth to 16 pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets. Who helped with the homework? Ah. Have you ever wondered what the animals at the zoo think of all the visitors who come to see them? And what happens if there are suddenly no visitors at all? To give us some insight, our correspondent, Anya Schultz, found out what happened at the Denver Zoo in Colorado during the pandemic shutdown. There are over 3,000 animals at the Denver Zoo. Normally, the place is packed with visitors who come to see the lions and tigers and elephants. But when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, the zoo didn't let anyone visit for around three months. Emily in Sulaco is one of the people in charge of the Denver Zoo. She said some of the animals really miss seeing people, especially one very friendly giraffe named Dobby. Dobby, our giraffe, he spent one morning overseeing all of the work our horticulture department did. So he he stood right at the edge and, and watched. I think he was supervising, making sure they were doing it correctly. Emily said another animal that loves people is Vin. She's a gibbon, which is a type of ape that lives in the forests of Southeast Asia. Another one of our animals that loves our guests is Vin. She is one of our gibbons that lives out over the islands in our Toyota Elephant Passage exhibit. 
And she is always watching for guests. And when we were quiet, that was another animal that whenever she saw anybody, she'd kind of come out and, and, and watch what they were doing. Some animals use the quiet time at the zoo to discover new places to explore. We had a tiger that was a little on the shire side. Um, and when the zoo closed down, he started exploring his exhibit in different ways and started exploring this overhead ramp that he really hadn't used before. And then he's continued to use that ramp now that we've been open to people. So I think it gave him just that little bit of confidence to try something new while the zoo was a little quieter. Emily said when the zoo was closed, some lucky animals got to explore the space. She said zookeepers took flocks of flamingos on walks around the property. That makes me wonder, what does a zookeeper actually do for their job? The zookeepers are kind of the superheroes. They're the ones that are out there every day. Um, they come in early in the morning and they check on their animals and they give their animals medication if they need that. And they make diets for the animals and they train the animals and they clean up the exhibits and um, set up new things for the animals to check out throughout the day. And they get out there and they talk to our guests so they get to do all of the really fun things. The Denver Zoo is now open, but they've made some big changes to stay safe. Everyone wears a mask, and when you visit, you can only walk through in one direction. No more running back to get one last look at the zebras. Emily said, for now, if you can't visit your local zoo safely, you can go on a virtual safari. Just check out the Denver Zoo on YouTube for some behind-the-scenes animal action. Thanks for that report, Anya. But I have a question. Did the zookeepers shelter in place with the animals at the zoo? Great question. I'm told that the zoo did prepare to have animal staff live there, but because they were able to implement a lot of other safety measures, it didn't actually come to that. Oh, well, that's good, Anya, but I was kind of hoping to hear like some wild party went on, like monkeys jumping on the bed and like bouncing off the walls. Oh, wow. Remember our trivia question from earlier in the show? Which of the following methods did the Mosquito Control Agency of the Florida Keys approve in an effort to eliminate the pesky bugs? Was it A, releasing 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes? Eesh, I feel itchy just thinking about it. B, releasing 100 million angry dragonflies. Or C, releasing 50 million tiny robot caterpillars. I don't like where this is going. Did you guess it? The answer is A, 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh, I'm itching already. When these modified bugs reproduce with the natural ones, the female offspring won't be able to survive, meaning a drastic decrease in the number of mosquitoes in the community. Whether it'll work or go down like the plot of a creepy sci-fi movie remains to be seen. Time's up. That's the end of the 10 News for today. You can catch new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media in collaboration with Next Chapter Podcasts and distributed by iHeartRadio. The 10 News writing team is led by editorial director Tracy Crooks, with contributions from Stephen Tompkins, Pamela Kirkland, and Anya Schultz. The creative producer is Jenner Pasqua. Marketing is led by Jacob Bronstein with social media and web support by Bryn Jura and Adam Farr. 
Editing and sound design by Edgar Kamei and Greg Cortez under the production direction of Jeremiah Tittle. Executive producer Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan round out the team. If you have questions about the show, a story idea, or a fun fact you want to share, email us at hello at the10news.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review The 10 News on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Bethany Van Delft, and thanks for listening to The 10 News. Now go stock up on bug spray. <laughs> <laughs>